Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. In 2006, two forces of good for business met. These two men think and act differently. Their sole mission is to help entrepreneurs and businesses succeed. Today, this elite duo, Carl Gibbons and Carl Gould, the G-Team, have broken out of the conventional business box. So if you have a problem, and if no one else can help, you can find them right here on W4CY.com. Every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern, the (laughs) G-Team. Good morning, it's 8am in the great US of A, and this must be Quit and Get Rich, the premier network radio show for aspiring, emerging, experienced entrepreneurs, experts and executives. And you've all got up, got out of bed, you've dragged a comb across your head, you've gone downstairs and grabbed a cup, and you've tuned in to learn the secrets of quitting what you shouldn't be doing, getting your head out of your assets, and focusing on all the key activities that will make you more successful. Hi, I'm Carl Gibbons, and joining me from the great state of New Jersey is... Carl Gould. How you doing? And together they call us... The G-team. The G-team. Pause, pause, pause. I'm, How are we doing, Mr. Gould? I am doing really well. Really well. I um, I spent the day yesterday in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My last two stops have been Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Des Moines, Iowa. And in both cases, I asked the audience, I was doing keynote presentations in both, and I said, all right, I'm here in Des Moines. What do I need to see before I leave? And they, there was dead stone silence, right? 
<laughs> I'm like, come on, guys, you live here. And they were just kind of laughing because they didn't, they didn't say that there's any great thing that I was supposed to see. I mean, there's plenty of really cool things, and it's a beautiful town. But it was funny how they hesitated. And so I, I tested it out again, and I was, in, I was in Sioux Falls yesterday, and I said, all right, I'm in Sioux Falls. I have the afternoon. What should I make sure I see before I leave? Nothing. Right. <laughs> so we had a really, it was a really funny moment with both groups. And I, so I said, I am coming back from the two most memorable places because they couldn't tell me of the must see place while I was there. Right. Aren't we all a little guilty of that though, really? You know, yeah. We, we, yeah. All, we all get complacent about our own backyard. You know, it's like everybody that thinks uh, I spend my entire day on the beach. It's, it's the reverse of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God, it must be wonderful. You're, like, on the beach all day and stuff. And, dude, it's been weeks since I've had been, been – the closest I got to the beach was um, last week at the Epic Encounter, and I could see the beach from the hotel room because <laughs> I was on the – we were on the water, but that's as close as I got. But everybody just assumes that that's what you do or that's wherever you go. But I can tell you two things about both of those places that you could have checked out. They are both fantastic for hot air ballooning. There you go. Oh, is that right? Yep. Is that right? Absolutely. See, now they should have told me that. Yep. You, and I know you're an early morning person, so you could have got up and got in a quick balloon ride before your uh, before your morning sessions. You'd have loved it, man. So next time you go back, tell them Mr. Gibbon says, when you get next get asked that question, tell the people to go hot air ballooning. How about that? Uh, you know, I should have, I sh you know, it's funny because when I, I, I remember one of the first times I went to Texas, I was uh, saying to my chiropractor, hey, I'm going to Texas, da, 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 and they said, and I've never, I'd never been there before. He says, oh, amazing sunsets. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, he goes, he goes it's so flat. He goes, your panoramic view is just amazing. And, um, and you know, that was, that was the same with Des Moines and, uh, and um, Sioux Falls because it was similar, you know, the, here in New Jersey, I'm in the mountain section of the state, so we, you know, the sun sets right over the back of our property, but we get this very narrow view because it's we're surrounded by mountains, but when it was nice and flat, the guy was right. It was the most panoramic, just unbelievable, you know, sky, uh, you know, right around dusk. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, enough of this gay wit and repartee. Uh, we've got gajillions of people hanging on our every word. Yeah, right. Um, and they want to hear about uh, what's our topic of the morning. So what you got? All right, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I start the day today pretty annoyed. Um, uh oh, people. Yeah, uh, not happy. Not happy uh -oh. at all with this. Uh -oh. I was. Hold yeah. on a second. Does that give us a <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm glad this is an internet show where we're allowed to say whatever the F we want uh, because this is the top of the morning. This is the topic of the morning, CEOs, and it's Wednesday, right? So, you know, the last weekend was a millennium ago, and the, and the upcoming weekend, you're not sure if that's, that light at the end of the tunnel is is actually the sunshine and freedom, or is it a train coming to get you? But my goodness gracious, I have spent the last two weeks with about 500 CEOs. And can you please get to know your customer? Please. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make too big of an issue of this, but it's only the people who pay your bills. But can you please get to know who your customer is? Can you please have an ideal client avatar persona or, or ideal client profile? All right. How can you expect to market to somebody effectively 
if you don't know who they are, what makes them tick, and what is top of mind for them. So Wednesday, take that cup of coffee that you just poured for yourself, pour it over your head, right, and wake up. I mean, my goodness gracious, it drove me crazy. We were doing this innovation workshop yesterday where I said, okay, based on your ideal client, you know, we have to be able to answer these two questions. All right, what keeps them up at night worrying? And what do they get yelled at for at the end of the day when, or what do they get grief for, or what do they feel guilty about at the end of the day when they arrive home from work? Wow. And again, it was stone cold silence. And I said, well, who's your, and I, I said, you guys have an ideal client avatar, right? And they looked at each other like they didn't, they didn't do their homework. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You are all decision makers. You are the people who run the marketing of, and the selling of your company. Who's your ideal client? Well, anyone with a checkbook. Well, anyone who walks in this part of the mall. Well, really? I mean, really? I said, are you really? 18 through 18, 18 through 55. Really? Really? So you're, you're marketing to somebody who's about to go to college or somebody who's an empty nester at the same yeah. time with the same message. Yeah. Oh, Gibbons. It, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh-huh. I had, I, I had 60 minutes and I, and I, it bothered me, but I had to waste 10 lecturing the group, wow. you know, and this was back to back. This has got nothing to do with the Midwest or who they were. These were all high powered CEOs, sales managers, marketing managers. These were all the people that if anybody in the company would have known, they would have known. Right. And most of them didn't know. And and here's and it's it's this this saying is older than me, but if they don't know who their client is, and the other and their competition does, they're screwed. They're finished. You know what, what's that saying? If 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 you don't look after your clients, the other guy will. Well, if you don't know who your clients are, it's I I I know exactly what you're saying. You know, everybody wants to be everything to everybody, and everybody, and then they end up being nothing to nobody. It's just- right. And so here, so let's, so I, I, you know, since this is um, an assumption I've made that, you know, not only um, do they have one, but they know who they are very well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna now operate under the assumption that if you don't have one, it's because you're not sure how to build one. Right. right? So, given let's give them, let's give them a few tips here. So, okay. So here's the, you know, when you're building an ideal client avatar, folks. This is what you're. This is what you're listening for. It is what you're listening for. What you're looking for. You want to find out who is the most likely person, who's the best, who's the most likely and best beneficiary of your services. So, you know, if um, uh, if you sell Harley Davidsons, who is the most who is the most likely person to buy it? And now, you know, this I my 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 kids um, uh, joke with me all the time. As a matter of fact, my son says to me, "Hey, Dad." When you have your midlife crisis, can you get something cool so I can use it? That's what he says, right? <laughs> I say, all right, all right, son, I'll, I'll work on that. And, and you say, well, who buys Harley-Davidson's? Well, all these guys going through a midlife crisis. Really? Hold on a really? second. Are they really, really going through a midlife crisis? Maybe they are. But think about this for a second. How many seats does a motorcycle have? Like one or two. Yeah. And most of these guys have families and kids. Yeah. When are they going to ride it? Like my, my son says, Dad, you ought, to, oh, you ought to get a Corvette. I said, I'd love to have a Corvette, Sean, but when would I drive it? He's like, oh, you know, like when we go to hockey or like when we go down the shore, we go out. I said, yeah, but it's got two seats and no trunk. How am yeah. I going to take you to your hockey game with a duffel bag that's bigger than any, any suitcase anyone would carry? There's no yeah. place to put it. 
Yeah. You want us to bungee cord it to the top? Yeah. That is, like, oh, that fair point. That is it on a Corvette, right. Right. So when does somebody buy, when is somebody likely to buy a Harley Davidson? When they have the time to ride it. Well, when will they have the time? Well, when their kids aren't around, when they're not in school, when they're not shuffling their family back and forth, when they don't need, you know, four or five seat belts in any vehicle they drive. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you see what I mean? So when you, when you start to break down who's the most likely person to buy the ride, the motorcycle, all of a sudden it becomes pretty clear that there's a very specific demographic that is likely to buy it. Right. Right. And now all of a sudden you end up with mid forties to mid fifties, mostly men, you know, that are your sweet spot. Now it's not to say a 20 something isn't going to buy one. They are. But you're, you're going to spend a lot of marketing dollars chasing a 25-year-old yep. who is not very likely to, A, have the time to do it, or B, have the money to buy it cause it's a, right. because it's a, premium, it's a premium brand. He's going to buy your, right? your basic bottom-of-the-line model. He's not going to buy right. your fully tripped out um, because the guy that's buying the fully tripped out um, has all of the credentials that you just mentioned. And so, therefore, by definition... He's probably a professional. He's probably a doctor, a dentist, an attorney, a CPA. Um, he has a reasonable amount of disposable income because this is a sheer want. It's not a need. It's pure indulgence. He wants. To, this is his toy. Yeah. And it, and he's making a statement. And and um, so you know, I picked Harley Davidson because they're they're a good example. Gibbons, they and they've done a nice job with their brand. So they have they have. Um, if you go into a Harley Davidson uh, showroom now, they have as much square footage dedicated to apparel and clothing yep. and merchandise yep. as they do the bikes. And you say, well, wait a minute, why would you do that? Well, the core audience will ride the bike. But the people who don't have time to ride the bike but still want the experience or still want to make a statement, the whole rest, everyone else, every other person who would consider a Harley lifestyle would at least buy the apparel and some and of the, the other t-shirt. accessories. Yeah, I liked it so and much I bought the T-shirt. Right. Yep. Right. And so, you know, um, so the person or, or the person who has maybe had children or is, or is more safety-minded and isn't going to get on the bike but still says, I want the leather jacket. I'm still, I'm still of that mindset. So let me get the boots. Let me get the pants. Let me get the jacket. Let me get the bandana, um, you know, or wear the watch or the ring, you know, and I'll accessorize myself because that still resonates with me. So, but you can't do anything that I just said without knowing who the client is. And if you're saying 24 through 55 year old male, you know, you, that would dictate what bikes you even have on the floor. You know, so, you know, you, I mean, I, I love your story of, um, Tyrac where, you know, you were specifically going after men's accessories, yeah. but then you saw women walking in and you're saying, Holy cow, wait, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. So my ideal client avatar, I had more than one. So not every company has just one, some have multiple. You had the male who was buying for himself, right? And you had the female who was buying for him as well. And then the you man- learned that she bought for her. And right. it, was, it went deeper than that, Gould. The man was buying in crisis mode. He just spilled, you know, coffee down the front of his tie, got grease stains down it from his lunch, and he was on his way to his next meeting. So he was like, gosh, got to get rid of this. Take it off, throw it away. Or, at best, 
this was the uh, you know the, the tie for the wedding kind of thing. The female, the, the the female buyer, this was a gift purchase. This was a treat. This was uh, an indulgence purchase. So she would take a lot longer, be far more discerning. Um, <clears throat> the man was an easy sell. He would come in. It was a crisis purchase, uh, and we've all done it, you know. Um, and, and we still do it sometimes when we're going out. We'll stand in front of the mirror and it'll be like, is it the blue one or is it the grey one? Is it the blue one or is it the grey one? So Tyrax model, again, was built around price. So I'd say, well, um, they are uh, uh, seven bucks each. Uh, but you can, if you, want to, if you want to take the two and make your mind up as you're going along, because you're bound to spill coffee again, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll do the two for uh, uh, you know, 13 bucks instead of 15 bucks or whatever it is. You see what I'm getting at? And the guy would be like, okay, great, wrap it up. And, and sometimes it, it, sometimes the guy wouldn't even say what they wanted. He would just say, I need a new tie. Give me one. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they're not even sure what to buy. No, they probably no. didn't buy the last tie that they got dirty. So they're hoping that you can say, listen, with that suit, here, here are two or three ties you may want to consider. Yeah. Or what's the occasion? Who are you going to see? You know, what do you sell? What's the price of what you sell? And if yeah. any of you are listening to me right now, and you're saying, holy cow, I own a retail shop. I don't ask that questions. Yes, we know, because you don't know your client well enough. This is why I was so agitated over these last, this last week, Gibbons, is if you knew who your client was and you knew where they were going and what meeting they were about to have or why they were, why they can't. I mean, think about it. The person who's in the Tyrac store in the beginning says something because they don't have time or they're outside of their, their home geography to even go to their home store. They, they're at Tyrac because they're on the move already. Yeah. That tells you something about the person who walks through the door. Yeah. This is the level of depth that you want to get to know this person. Yeah. You want to know them like you know a family member. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. I, I, it, it, I, I get it down here as well. I, both of us uh, come across it all the time. The people that don't know who they're selling to. And we're back to this. Yeah. I like it. Everybody likes it. It's selling. It must be good. It must be okay. How much? What's been left on the table? Uh, what more could you be doing? What could you be doing? The t-shirt, the ring, the bandana, the leather jacket, or are you just standing there all day wanting to sell the basic product? Couldn't agree with you more. And I understand why you're getting all frustrated. So what I want you to do is I want you to take a deep breath, and I just want you to like calm down just a little because I am now going to piggyback on the back of that with a kind of, sort of, similar kind of thing that's been winding me up. Last week, we had the Epic Encounter, as you know. Huge success. Erica, who we had on the show a few weeks ago, just Erica Nicole from uh, YFS Magazine, knocked it out of the park completely. And I have to tell you, we discovered we have another rock star in our midst, uh, April Cattell, uh, the CEO of um, ASI Automated Shading. Um, she gave up and, and gave a... a a couple of short presentations, absolutely knocked it out of the park, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, so it's all over, 200 people in the room, fantastic event, blah, blah, blah. The whole networking thing is going on. And I have been staggered by the people that I have met since the event, and I've said, so did you meet any interesting people at the event? Oh, met this great guy on this, and I met this great girl this, and met this person that did And I said, how many of them have you followed up with? Uh, uh, um... None yet. Well, what do you mean? It, it was a week. It's a week ago. Like five days. Within three days, people. 
If you're at a networking event, think in threes. Three days, follow up. Three days after that, start to sit down and plan to break bread. You know, you've got to follow up. Just because you've got their business card, just because you've said hello, it's like Gould and the client, you know, that that just doesn't mean anything now. Now you've got to make it work. And let's break it down, people. Net working. Now it's the work bit. You've got to follow up. So I too have had a bit of a uh, a bit of a week of like what? Just like your 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 CEOs not knowing who their client is. I've I've been bumping into CEOs and, and entrepreneurs and inventors all week down here in Southwest Florida who have been raving. Avid, raving fans about the ESOA Epic Encounter. And then when I asked them how have they leveraged it, i.e., how have they followed up with the X amount of people that you made contact with at that event? And I'm just, I'm just getting deers in the headlights. And I want to ask them, Goldie, so why did you go? Well, I mean, aside from the great nuggets of knowledge that we got from, from Erica, um, why else did you go? Didn't you want to meet all of these people? Didn't you want to connect with these people? Because the, the, you've, you've been, the good and the great of Southwest Florida were in that room. Why aren't you leveraging it? And I'm just getting deer in the headlight looks. So we've, we've both had a bit of a week by the sound of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, look, it just, um, you know, everybody's got to choose their path and they, and they have to decide how they're going to build their own business. And then, look, everyone's in, every, in various stages of development uh, and understanding about these things. And that's why our show exists. I mean, quite frankly, because people, you know, want this information and they need this information. But the, um, the uh, you know, it, it just, it's one of those things where, you know, like you said, you, people show up at these events and, and sometimes they kind of cruise in and sometimes they go through the motions and sometimes they want to just be entertained. I get that. I, I, I understand. Everyone's got your own reasons for going. But look, man, this, yeah, but this has to be on their radar. This has to be something that they say, look, you know, there are some fundamentals of how you uh, stand out and how you distinguish yourself in the marketplace. And, and if you want to quit and get rich, you know, there's a few, there's a few things that you have to have handled, period. And this is one of them. And this is one of them. And if you guys haven't done it, take, take, you know, play back, back this podcast with your team, sit down and say, all right, who is it? Who's our most likely and best beneficiary of our services? Who is our best client? Who are the people that spend the most with us and refer us to others and ask them, you know, and, and create a profile around who your best clients are. And then, and then we want to proactively go after that client, you know? And there's so, no, and Bo, there's nothing wrong when you've identified those top three or four and going and actually saying to them, you know, what is it? Why, why do you shop with us? Why do you, why do you use our products, goods, or services? What is it about us that, that keeps you coming back? We love you, but you know, we just want to know why nothing wrong in asking that at all. Absolutely nothing wrong in asking that at all. And, and a good friend of mine wrote a brilliant book called biz dev done right. And in this book... Oh, that is a brilliant book. It, it I, I must admit, right, of all, all the books right, you want right, to read, all right, you want to read right, that book. Right. Come on, you got your plug. <laughs> <laughs> and in that book, it says, the biggest challenge that most entrepreneurs have is they can't get in front of the people that they want to get in front of. Right? So to, to the people down here um, uh, that, that, that went to the, to the Epic Encounter, you got in front of all those people. They were all there in that room that night. What are you? Doing? Why are you still walking around 
like deer in the headlights. People, come on. Get motivated. Take action. Take action. That's what it all boils down to. Whether it's knowing who your client is or following up with opportunities that are presented to you, you've got to start taking action. Otherwise, the other guy will. And if the other guy does and you don't, I don't care whether it's your client avatar or your networking skills. If the other guy does and you don't, you're done. Anyway, a couple of quick shout-outs when we get back. Let's get into uh, uh, let's go into uh, Hypergrowth Daily, find out what's going there. And because we're fast approaching the bottom of the hour, where we've got, of course, Fix It in Five. And I've got Sue from Detroit, John from Pennsylvania, and Tyler from New Hampshire sitting on the edge of their seats as we speak. If not, you should be. So don't forget, can't get enough of the G-Team? You can catch this show again together with all our others, 24-7-365. Just visit our website, gteamradio.com, which is currently, people, heads up, heads up, under a major, major, major facelift. Um, it's going through some amazing revamps at the moment. Uh, we've engaged those guys over at MoPro, and they're doing an absolutely stellar knockout job. Uh, more about that later. We'll keep you posted. Of course, as soon as it's ready to go live, uh, we will let you know, but uh, it's looking really good. But anyway, you can connect with us anytime, website, gteamradio.com, or, of course, via our good friends at iHeartRadio. They still love us over there, and we're still rocking and rolling, and it's all good. So as long as you can connect to the internet, you can connect with us. And, uh, of course, social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that stuff, join the tribe, all right, and keep the fix-its coming in. You can email your fix-it, your challenge, to fixitin5 at gteamradio.com. And we want to know what you think, just like the guys that, need to know about their customers we need to know about you who are you where are you do you like what we talk about don't you like it love it hate it we don't mind we just want to know you can call us on 561-623-9429 that's 561-623-9429 or you can email gibbons or gould at g team radio so mr gould hypergrowth daily what we got what's making the headlines all right, and then I'm going to get off the soapbox because the topic of the morning that we pick every morning is because we know you folks, and that, and that we pick this topic because we know what's on your mind and we know what is bugging you and we know what is something that's holding you back. So anyway, I am now going to move off this topic because we burnt 24 minutes on <laughs> our our two second topic of the morning. We just spent 24 minutes on. So um, you know there fantastic article uh, uh, for those of you that subscribe to Hypergrowth Daily, uh, go to the 24th uh, of October 2016. Great article on the productivity in the age of hypergrowth. And you know, what, what the, since we don't have a lot of time to spend on this, uh, Gibbons, one of the, one of the, the, th- the takeaways I got from this article is that they have what they call a service cookbook. You know, and it's okay. It's, it's a clever name for a business process map or an operations manual. Um, but you know, when your when your business is growing and moving at a very rapid rate, you don't always think about stopping to, you know, uh, implement systems or write things down or capture things. Um, but this guy who has an engineering background, who spent time at Uber, who spent time at other Silicon Valley uh, companies that had a lot of engineers. Um, the um uh you know talked a lot about how he would tr- how he would track and put efficient and deliberate systems in place that would help him duplicate everything that he could um 
as you know that he could while trying to manage a, a business that's growing at a very rapid rate and so um you know mostly you know if you go to a restaurant and it's during lunchtime they're saying just get the food out there just get it done just you know don't think about anything else but servicing the customer well what this guy is saying is that you know in a hyper growth company every introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Day is like the lunch rush at a restaurant. Well, you know, that's, that's how every day is. And so you can't wait for the slow times and you just don't have that. You just don't have the... Um, that opportunity. So what you need to do is you talk about, uh, they talk about how you have training that, um, that you, you, how you have a training program and a mentoring program so you can get each person to self-sufficiency as quickly as possible, you know? Um, and, um, and so his technique was to surround people that are previously untrained with somebody who is trained and the purpose for doing that either via mentoring or collaboration or, um, you know, or, uh, or coaching is to have them be able to shadow model the success and, you know, have them collaborate and share best practices. So those unself-sufficient people can get self-sufficient as quickly as possible. Really, really good. Really, really, um, a really, really good article. And it just takes a known concept from a slightly different angle, you know, right. um, and just gives you another way to look at it. And I just thought his approach was really good. Now, that was worth mentioning that, well, you know, this is the sort of thing that even when growing at a rapid rate, you can instill systems and you can right. put replicatable processes in place, you know? Question. Who trains the trainer? You want me to answer that now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Come on. So usually, usually now. That's why you get paid um, the big it, bucks. Exactly. So this is like the big bang theory, like where did the solar system start, you know? Um, and so the initial, the, the, usually, what's interesting is the person who trained is the trainer. Oh, sorry. The person who's the first person in who is the experienced one is either, uh, could be one of the founders of the company, could be one of the first technical experts that learned the hard way. 
right? So they yeah. so they have gone to the school of hard knocks, or they yes. were the yeah. they were the first employees in before they expanded their staff, yeah. and so that person by default becomes the trainer, or um, you use outside help. You bring in, you bring in um, skilled practitioners or consultants or coaches or trainers that have worked in this industry, have done this work before, and they have trained the staff on best practices. One person becomes the model or guinea pig or at least advocate for the process, and that first person in who had that first mover advantage of learning the systems in a formal manner, then they become the trainer. They, they, they're the ones that get to train the trainer manual, and they share, uh, they share their best practices in a structured manner with the other, with the other um, uh, team members. Okay. And what about, does the same apply to um, uh, what I call personal development? So it might not be necessarily to be able to be a better CAD person or a better programmer, but if you're going to le- learn communication skills or leadership skills or, you know, the, the personal development stuff as opposed to the actual job-related expertise, that would be third-party experts as well coming in and would that revolt would that default to what i'm going to refer to as a more traditional training environment you know coaching sessions six people eight ten people in a room or um uh, distance learning you know via skype go to meeting that sort of stuff absolutely as a matter of fact when you when it's early let's say you're an early stage growing company you know the reality is is that you're probably going to work on the technical side as much as you are going to be the personal development side and and i get it i hear all the culture people saying well, wait a minute culture is everything yeah culture is everything but when you don't have any clients whatsoever you can have all the culture you want but yeah. if nobody's eating you know you're not going to have culture so you are in the early in the early days in the other brilliant business book you got to read is the seven stages of small business success and i don't know who wrote that book but boy is that a brilliant book i've been trying to contact the guy forever if anybody knows how i can reach him please give me yeah. a call because he won't yeah. return my calls he won't return my emails i don't know what it is but you know and other than Wednesday mornings between 8 and 8.50, you can't find the guy. And uh, so, right, but in the beginning, what do we talk about? We talk about stage one is getting all these great ideas out of your head and on the paper in a planning format. But then number two is about becoming a technical expert in your field. And so you do need to, you do need to build that technical expertise. And in the beginning, you know, working in your business is going to trump working on your business a little bit. Uh, now it's not to say you totally sacrifice culture and you become, um, you know, and, and you, you know, you become this hideous place to work, but just know that there's a job to get done. You're, you are trying to get a plane off the ground and you know what? The, the pilots are not yucking it up in the, in the, in the cockpit, nor the staff when the plane's getting off the ground, it's prepare for takeoff. It's, it's, it's task orientation. It's getting things done. It's getting the, you know, plane in the air, getting it into its flight path. And then they turn off the seatbelt signs. You can be social. We serve the drinks and the captain comes and walks through the, uh, walks, you know, walks through the, the main, uh, um, uh, the main area for where the passengers are. So you do, you do in the beginning focus on the technical, uh, mastery of the business. And then you, you know, as soon as that's been established, then you move on to the personal development side. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I can think of a few people that I will be forwarding on this copy of Hypergrowth Daily to 
in a heartbeat as soon as this show is over. Very good stuff. Well done, Goldie. That was a great one. So we're at the bottom of the hour. Um, we're going to give a quick shout-out, and then we're going to hit Fix It in 5. What do you say? Absolutely. Love it. Uh, okay. Don't forget, just connect with us. Tell us what you think. Join the tribe. We want to know. We can't do it without you. So connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, all the usual social media uh, outlets. Join the tribe. And, of course, as always, we'd love it if you liked us. Five, four, three, two, one. Fix it and fives go. Fix it and five is go for Sue from Detroit. Uh, and is in growth mode and then we've got John from Pennsylvania he's been listening to the show and he wants to become a thought leader and Tyler from New Hampshire um, he wants to set up a uh, uh, and look at a bonus structure so um, why don't I I'll go with John and because I'm taking us out today and you can take a look at Sue and Tyler how does that work Mr. Gould do you think that'll work for today I like it I like it Okay, so here we go. Are you ready, Sue from Detroit? You've got your recorder on, you're taping it, downloading it, videoing it. I don't know what you're doing, but start making notes because here we go. This one's just for Sue. Sue from Detroit says, Guys, my company is growing, but the growth has not been as profitable as the core business operations. I don't want to grow just for the sake of growing. So when should I expect for this growth to become profitable? Or should I not uh, pursue the growth at all anymore? That's a that's a good that's one, actually. Yeah, is it is because yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a real well. It's not a good one for her because she's in pain. But the uh, yeah. um, and she's like, what do I do? I because I, here's what happens. So many people say, oh, you know, the the sexy part of business is, you know, how do we grow? How do we go to the next level? The whole bit. And um, and so it's but what you realize when you get into a growth plan is that it's not all growth is not created equal and a lot, there's some growth that's not even profitable. Um, so Sue, you're, you're in this common dilemma here is that the initial stages of growth are not profitable because you're reinvesting back into the business. It's almost like you've launched again. So you're, you're, um, you're, you're reinvesting in the business, staffing up, you know, you're buying inventory or materials to support the growth. Um, now, you'll, you'll turn the corner and you'll know that the first sign that the growth is becoming profitable when you do not have to add staff in order to fill the new order, or you don't have to go out and make a major material or uh, major material or equipment purchase just to service a client that you've already bought those things. And there should come a point where the staff that you added can handle not only the current work, but the new work that you're bringing in and their work is systematized. So read through that last article we just talked about, about product during hypergrowth, and then they can handle the extra capacity. Then you should start to see the profits roll in. If you don't, that means you have not created the proper systems to handle the extra work the way that you should be. That's how you're going to know, right? So if, if you're putting the systems in, the growth should start to convert to profitability. If you're not putting some systems in as you go, then you're reinventing the wheel every single time you bring in a client and you know, you're, you're, then you, I hate to say it, but if you're not willing to systematize the way that you should, then you should abandon the growth because you're, you will, you can't sustain growth on pure willpower. 
systems have to take over and they have to take over and, you know, become what helps drive and what helps fulfill all the extra work orders that you're getting. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. And, and also, Sue, don't let e don't let growth be replaced by the word ego. You know, sometimes that 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 we've got to be bigger and better and faster and smarter and and all of those things. Sometimes you don't have to be. Sometimes you are. You you are where you are for a reason, and you're good at a reason. You know you're good for a reason, and 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 uh, you can be you can be you can always be better, but that doesn't have to necessarily mean that you have to like grow and growth, uh, because that's just you know that, that's the ego thing. Um, we were having this conversation just a few days ago uh, with some clients, and they are on exponential growth mode i mean we talk about hyper growth earlier in the show these these guys are on a huge trajectory it's like a two thousand percent increase in revenue and they said we were talking about what's going to be happening in 2017 and 2018 and i said i want to focus on everybody keeps talking about growth 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 how can we sustain it i want to talk about profitability um, you know, I want to focus a lot more on bottom line rather than top line and so that's what i would uh suggest that you constantly stay focused on don't get drawn into the um growth for growth's sake don't get drawn into the ego of growth get drawn into the ego of profit because um uh, my my saying is always that turnover or revenue or sales are vanity profit is sanity okay so there you go. That, that's what I had to add. I don't know whether that was of any help to you, Sue. But that's what the G team have to advise. So what have you got for me for John from, uh, from Pennsylvania? All right, John from Pennsylvania. He says, uh, G team, I've been listening to the show and taking your advice. I am so well, sorry to hear that. So you're the um, one, John. <laughs> well, you know, hey. Listen, that's why they're a swing state. Uh, I want to become a thought leader in my niche and increase my social media activity to do so. My question is, should I focus on a more local scale initially or a more national scale? Oh, this is a very common. Okay, good. This is a real good one. We got some good quick. We have some good fixes today. Um, that's a really good one. Where do they fo- Where does he focus initially? Well, first of all, it's because we've got great listeners, Goldie. That's the thing. Great questions come from great listeners. Um, well, the great thing about social media is you do both. I mean, right here, right now, this minute, it's 8.39 a.m. Eastern time, and Gould and I know from the data of previous shows there are 1.2 million plus minus people in various stages listening to this at various places all over uh, I'm sure Chad can chime in and tell us exactly how many countries it goes out to. Um, but but that's the great thing about social media. It's 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, around the clock. Um, so you don't really need to, to worry about that. But you, you can if you want to. You can focus everything really locally. Um, but why not, um, why not go local and think global? Because that, that's exactly what social media will do for you. You know, you've only got to go and look at, at the GG's Facebook page or on our website when we look at Google Analytics. It comes from all over. Yes, 
Uh, do we have clusters? Do we know that the vast majority of our listeners are in the United States? Yes, they are. Do we also know that we have a high concentration in New York, in the tri-state area? Yes, we do. Do we know that we have a large concentration in, in Florida? Yes, we do. No surprises there. Guess whose backyard that is? It's Gibbons and it's Gould's. So that's perfectly understandable. Um, but we still get emails from guess where john pennsylvania detroit new hampshire um you've only got to listen to this you've only got to listen to fix it to find out the power of social media we have stuff from south africa from australia from canada from london from from all over so um clearly you will always have a local focus because you can you can't be everything to everybody everywhere um but the mere fact that social media today does go globally is is to, only to your advantage, and it's growing and at such a pace. I, I I don't know how people keep up with it, and I've said this all all, all the time. Um, I was sharing with Gould John um, just before we we went live. Um, we're going to be playing with, or I am later today, uh, live streaming the shows now. So not only can you listen to us, but you can actually see us. How that's going to work, where it's going to take us, I have no idea. But and, and, and there's a great case to saying, Gibbons, have you just woken up and discovered this? But that's how great technology is today. So, John, here's what I'm saying. Just you are a thought leader. You are going to be good. You are going to be great in your niche. You are going to have your followers. Um, but just go social media and you will, by definition, have your core fans and they will be um, focused in certain areas um, but the opportunities that the internet and the world wide web and social media brings you are just huge mr gould would you like to add anything to that mr gould would what like i would i mean the only the only yeah. thing i would i thought you got yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, well i did but i you know I, I i can nap two minutes at a time um what I would add to that is that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your budget and you're saying, what can I afford to do? Usually depending, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at this and that, you know, you told us you're from Pennsylvania. You're going to, I'm going to guess there is some locality to your business. So if you're looking at your budget and you're saying, well, I've got a certain amount of money to spend, I would start local first and then expand it. So you can get, so you can get a foothold somewhere. You know, they say it's hard to fight a war on multiple fronts. You know, if you have to fight an enemy at the east and the west and the north and the south, you'll get spread thin. So pick your battles. So, John, if, if there's a budgetary, uh, if there's a budgetary constraint, then just start locally. Get a little bit of buzz locally and then move outward from there if, if there's a budgetary uh, constraint. Right. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yep. All right, John, that's it. Hope that's helped you, as always. And the same for, for everybody. If it works, let us know. And if it's not quite worked out as you wanted to, uh, uh, as you quite wanted to from the G-Team's advice, we also want to know about that as well. So, Tyler from New Hampshire, are you ready? Guys, I have a long-standing employee that I have set up a bad bonus structure with. Uh-oh. Long ago, when we were a smaller company, I set this plan up based on the gross revenue of the business. Oh, here we go. Just grow that top line. I want to switch it to reward profitability. Good thinking, Tyler. Am I going to screw it up with this employee? Off you go, Mr. Gould. 
Well, <laughs> this can go in so many directions. Um, the, uh, you know, this is a tricky situation because, you know, in the early, in the early days when you have a good employee, you, you give them a special deal and, <laughs> and, um, you give them a special deal and then you bring on other employees and you can't give that deal to everybody. And, um, you know, I, so I, I do believe in the school of thought that, you know, top performers oftentimes, you know, get special deals. And Peter Drucker used to say that, you know, somebody through their performance, you can earn the right to be disagreeable. <laughs> Meaning, you know, if, uh, so look, it's not uncommon in a business where, a very early stage employee or a top performer has a different deal than other people. That's, that's actually pretty common and, and it's okay. I mean, I think people understand that, you know, if this is the top salesman in the organization or this is the person who's the CFO or they have the most responsibility that they get different perks because they're at a different level. I mean, so people get that. Now, having said that you, you set this bonus up in a way that you're probably you're realizing now that you're giving away all of your profit and that can't remain. Um, so you do have to sit this person down and say, look, we've got to have a look at this. We, we just simply cannot leave it the way it is right now. Um, and you know, we have to and explain to them that, look, when we started the business, I gave you the best bonus structure, um, based on what I knew. But now what we're realizing is that the company cannot sustain at the way that you're going. You know, I can't, so what I'm, what I'm guessing is that they probably give a bonus based on revenue, not on profitability. Yeah. And this person is working very hard or selling or doing, you know, they have, they have organized their activities around their rewards. You want, you know, you put the food dish in one corner of the room, it, the dog goes over there and eats from the food dish. You, you know, you tell your kids dinner's in the dining room or in the living room, they go to where the food is. I mean, that's, you're, they're going to <coughs> organize their activities around how you reward them. So what, and, and so what you, the mistake you made was, is you just said, Hey, go out and sell it and I'll give you X. And there was no regard for profit. And so I think if you sit them down, if you explain it to them and say, and you come up with a plan where if they were to continue to sell or continue to perform and it's profitable, they can, they, there's a, there's a mechanism in place where they can make the same amount of money they're making, um, you know, now and that they can make in the future. If you change the plan and they take a cut and pay, forget it. You've killed that person. They're going to leave. Yeah. Um, but if you set it up and you say, look, we have to, we have to pivot here because the business just can't live on this program. And, and so they'll know that the writing's on the wall, that it's going to end no matter what, either the business can't afford to pay it and they're out or they have to change it or he's out, you know what I mean? Or she's out. So I think if you explain it, you will, um, you'll, they, they, they will, uh, accept it. They will, they will think it through. They might not like it in the beginning yeah. because they had a yeah. certain expectation and it changes yeah. a little bit, but they'll realize, you know what? We all realize, um, you know, sometimes when you're getting away with something and the party's over, you realize, all right, all right, I was getting away with not having to worry about profitability and good point. Company's got to be profitable or we're not a company. So they, they'll at some point, ex they will accept it. So, right. and you you could even as well, uh, Tyler, phase it in as well, rather than he was on this on Friday and he's on that on Monday. Um, you maybe you want to phase, uh, look at a, look at a transition period over a period of time, so it's not quite 
So, um, so painful. Um, one other piece of advice to anybody out there, uh, including Tyler, if you're thinking of putting a, a, a bonus incentive program, try, try, don't look at it based on top line. Look at it and see if you can base it around gross profit. Gross profit. If, if you can base it around gross profit, it's all got to be good. It's all got to be good. Um, so yeah. that, Try, that, that's what yeah, you obviously want to do that from the beginning, but if yes. you can't, you know, right. uh, and you got to make this at some point, every company makes the shift because yeah. they realize like we can't, we can't survive. I, you know, everybody loses their job if we're not profitable. So there comes a reality. Now, the other, the other part to this Tyler is that this employee is probably one of your top people. It's probably one of your clo- closest confidants. It's probably somebody who you've had conversations like this in the past. So they get it. They're usually very much an advocate of the company, and they're usually a, you know, they're usually somebody who, uh, um, you know, they un- they understand what what you're talking about. So they'll accept. They'll almost always accept the reality of this. Agreed. Agreed. All right. There you go. So that's it, Tyler from New Hampshire. You've had your little pearl of wisdom, your five minute of fame and glory, and we fixed it for you in five. Same for you, John, in Pennsylvania. Same for you, Sue, in Detroit. I uh, hope it works out. As always, let <laughs> us know. Coming into the last um, couple of minutes of the show, um, we've got lots of exciting stuff coming up, as I told you. <clears throat> New website, well on its way. Um, we've got some guests coming up. Um, uh, Gould and I are just um, putting the final touches to date, so uh, I won't I won't share any more than that. But we've got some uh, really interesting guests coming along over the next uh, uh, over the next few uh, over the next few broadcasts. So we're getting really excited about that. And uh, I want to just take us out on a quick commentary, um, and I want to talk about well, the before, ESL- you, be- go, go, before go. you do that. Before you do that, everybody out there. You have to know this about Gibbons. His two favorite holidays of the year Uh are Christmas and the Epic Encounter. Those are the only two days on his calendar that actually mean anything. (laughs) Everything else is just filler, getting him from one holiday to the next. So, Gibbons, go ahead. Okay, and and on that, he's absolutely right. I um I wrapped my first Christmas <laughs> I wrapped I wrapped my first Christmas present yesterday. But that's a whole different subject altogether. He's right. The ESOA Epic Encounter is one giant shot in the arm for me every year. Uh, I'm renewed in my enthusiasm for entrepreneurship. I walk away from the event, the Epic Encounter, totally jazzed up, totally pumped up. The adrenaline is just an incredible rush. Interestingly, though, I find myself wanting more from my career at the end of every time I do this program, um, not just for myself, but for my business. And and, and it, when it's all over, it's like a void's been created, and I now need to fill that void. And this is on my mind, and I'll be considering what's the next step for me. It's got to be bigger, better, faster, and I better get going there because the Epic Encounter 2017 is only 358 days away. But, hey, who's counting? Only, <laughs> only nine Fridays till Christmas. But who's counting? With that, exactly. that's it. Another another 50 minutes 50 minutes that's easy for you to say another 50 minutes of business badinage flown by we hope you've had a great time as much as we've enjoyed being with you so don't forget 8am next week the G2 will be here and until then we wish you a safe week a happy week but most importantly a profitable week and with that this is Gibbons and Gould the G team and we are out out
In 2006, two forces of good for business met. These two men think and act differently. Their sole mission is to help entrepreneurs and businesses succeed. Today, this elite duo, Carl Gibbons and Carl Gould, the G-Team, have broken out of the conventional business box. So if you have a problem, and if no one else can help, you can find them right here on W4CY.com. Every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern, the G-Team. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.